You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in this summer. We've been reading Matthew Desmond's book, Evicted, as a Detroit Today community, taking a deeper look at housing insecurity as a cause of poverty rather than as a symptom of it. In the book, one of the main settings is a trailer park with predominantly white residents who live below the poverty line. Despite living in those dire economic conditions, some of the white people featured in this book find ways to put themselves in their minds above African-Americans who are ostensibly living in the same situation. There are two young biracial girls living in a trailer park who in some ways have a harder time than anybody else because they face poverty and racism. The combination of the two is the challenge that is presented to them in their lives. Joining us now is Chilean Thomas. He is a comedian who knows a little bit about both of those things. As a young black man who grew up in a trailer park, Jillian Thomas, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, man. How are you? Yeah, very good. Uh, <laughs> so I, I heard about your story last week, and I thought, what, a, what an interesting dynamic uh, to, try to, to try to discuss as part of this book club where we are talking about housing insecurity and issues like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's start with you talking about what what your childhood was like. Uh, how did you come to live in this trailer park? Well, first off, <laughs> like, it, it's so interesting because to, to just to have anybody want to talk to you just because of that, 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 like, <laughs> that, that's why, that, like, that, that's it. Like, that, <laughs> uh, that's all it that's, takes. Yeah, I'm on stage and, you know, I, I, I mentioned this and that's what he wants to, yeah, you want to come on the radio and talk about the trailer park? For, what? That's what you want to talk about? You have a whole act that's not about this, right? <laughs> Did you hear any stuff I said about poverty? No, you would be, oh, I guess that does go down to that. Um, I grew up in Detroit. I was in Detroit, uh, for until I was in um, middle school, so I okay. I moved out of Detroit. I was I grew up on Six Mile in Wyoming. Okay, um, and my grandmother moved us out to the trailer park in Westland. Um, probably yeah, starting my middle school year. Okay, so I immediately went from not knowing white people exist literally <laughs> right not knowing at six and Wyoming. Yeah, exactly i've never seen a white person at all and then now all of a sudden now i don't see any black people right i am the only black person there and that's that's that that does something to your psyche immediately jumping into a situation like that yeah yeah um so immediately i had to, you know that the funny thing about this was is that is a stick is a stigma on when you do see white people because immediately I thought that we were moving up. Uh-huh. I thought like because all I see the white people, I thought we were rich now. Like we made it. Like this is we're out of right. Uh... Like when you look out of your door and all of your neighbors are white, that usually is a successful thing. So I, I had to. That was something I kind of had to reverse learn. Like, oh, yeah. wait a second, we're not as yeah. So that that was uh, the beginning of that experience where seeing these this new world and it was it's even like it's a sub world almost yeah. you know yeah. like the trailer park is is a city within a a city mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying mm-hmm. to say yeah yeah very interesting being black and having to be in that situation i mean so so tell me uh what your grandmother was thinking uh, when when she decided 
to move from Six in Wyoming to mm-hmm. a trailer park in Westland? Was she was she looking to improve uh, yeah. some some things in your life? She actually was. I think that um, she had she had bought this trailer when she had it for a while. And I think her perspective was, we'll go ahead and get this trailer, and then we're going to go ahead and um, pick this up and put it on some land. Maybe it could have been a perspective of, like, let's just inch our way out, maybe, uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. But her her idea was always taking it and putting it on land. That didn't happen. We actually just stayed there until I got out of high school, uh-huh. you know what I'm trying to say. But uh, Like she wanted to take the trailer out of the trailer park. She wanted park. to take the trailer out of the trailer park. But what ended up happening was is her situation wasn't the same as when she bought the trailer okay so that was her plan so I, instead we ended up just buckling down and making shop there right. by the way it was a nice looking trailer you know yeah. trying to say yeah when you, when you get a nice trailer you consider it a mobile home <laughs> it was a mobile <laughs> it's not a trailer anymore <laughs> <laughs> it was a bunch of mobile homes yeah yeah, huh. uh, yeah. Uh, so and so when she when she makes this decision does she know that you guys are moving before you get there. Does she know that you're you're moving from, you know, six in Wyoming, a, a predominantly African American mm-hmm. uh, uh, community, to Westland, where you're not going to see other African Americans? And does she think about what that would feel like for you? It's interesting because I don't think she got you, you know. God knows how it felt for my grandmother. Uh-huh, my uh-huh. grandmother was always one of these people. Like I like. I like white people, but I don't know if I trust white people. That was that was how <laughs> sure. she was. Yeah. So for her to move out there, I do think that was her way of trying to reacclimate to to something. I don't know if she thought about what it'd be like for me actually having to grow up in yeah. that situation because she already had her position out uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. You know, me, I had to find my way kind of. Like when I, and what I mean by that is I was a kid having to find other children to play. Now here I am having to and not knowing actually anything about racism. Right. Because if you only know black people, you don't really know anything you don't, about yeah. yeah. I want to talk more about that in, in, yeah. in a little bit. Okay. This idea of of how uh, that, that change in environment, that sudden change it, in environment, right. uh, teaches you about inequality. It really does, man. Yeah. It really yeah. does. It really does. It. <sighs> It was it's survival. So okay, we can even get into what it's like being black and 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 being quote unquote likable, right? Because right. I was just thinking about this the other day. When you get when you're when you have to be in a situation like that, and it really comes into any time when you are not in a situation that is your environment. But particularly, I'll speak about this because this is what I know: being black and then being around all these white people. All of a sudden, there's a couple things that started to happen as far as trying to adapt like the Uh one thing as an adult now i kind of understand it's like you have to just showing up with your blackness Mm -hmm. of what you already understand how deep that can go just to say uh, that amount can make a situation uncomfortable so immediately when you're walking in you're thinking you're you're already aware like okay these people are going to be uncomfortable but how what can i do to be, ooh, the word accepted. Uh-huh. And this is just a kid trying to have friends. You know what I'm trying to say? And so it was. It actually became a, it became a sense of 
survival i think yeah it's, as far as being in there as far as just one friends one just to, to meet somebody one a girlfriend one you i kind of had to make friends with these people and then these friends would bring me into their families yeah and then that's even a whole nother situation because they're not expecting this kid to show <laughs> up in here kid walk right the door. and that really when you think about that even if you take a white kid and bring him into a black family um I don't know if it's the same thing because I do know everybody kind of has to readjust. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, did you feel, um, did you feel as if there was a threat to the idea that you guys were there from, mm -hmm. from the, the racial differences? In other words, um, did you feel as though something might happen that would force you to have to that's, move or leave. And that's where the funny comes in at because it's like, I don't think, no, I didn't. I didn't feel that way because these people literally had their own problems to worry about. <laughs> like, you know, everybody should be trying to focus on getting out of this place. Don't be focused on me being black in here. You need to be focused on why you were white and you're still in here. <laughs> like, you know, what bills are you not paying that have led to you to be in this situation? Right. You know, so. That was the interesting thing because people actually had real problems. It wasn't like I was moving into a, a suburbs, uh -huh. which mm -hmm. would have been a little bit different probably sure. when you look at somebody and go, I thought I was in the suburbs, but I wasn't. Um, you're dealing with people that financially need, should act, should be focused on what you are doing. Don't right. be worried about I'm sure you have it, it like I'm sure you, I wasn't liked in some cases, but man, in that case, what what can you do about it? Right. Like you know, you got to really be trying to get your build yourself up, do something to try to, to get, get yourself, out. yeah, to get yourself out of this, or just, I mean, whatever. I also don't think a lot of people there. It it left you distracted, kind of. You're you're really distracted. I think, and also the other thing was is that that type of mentality didn't really boil down with the children. Mm -hmm. It boiled down into the actual family. So if anybody probably. If my grandma was up here, she'd give you a, probably a whole nother perspective of it that as a kid, I just wasn't concerned about. Right. I had to kind of let that prejudice, uh, the prejudice kind of stumble upon me. It's, it was when, like, I remember there was this one time I, uh, little things like certain friends of mine would, I would find out certain things like certain friends of mine would be playing like chess mm -hmm. or no, 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 it wasn't chess. They'll be playing poker. And the black chips, uh -huh. you know, they'd be referring to the black chips as inward chips, uh -huh. the things of uh -huh. this stuff. And it was things that, like, I had to kind of, like, stumble upon. I would hear about this stuff afterwards. Or I'll meet somebody's brother, and I'll see how they are so precious with a, a child. And then after that, I'll go to shake their hand. They wouldn't shake my hand. And I'd be wow. curious on what's going on what's here. What's going on, Yeah, right? and then i find out later on, oh, uh, this guy, he doesn't like black people, but he couldn't say anything to you because... My father actually likes you. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. It was it was it was it was it, it was never overt to me. And I think that could just be because of a situation of like I don't everybody could that be everybody's in poverty? Are you really man, that's a waste that that perspective, that thought of just hating somebody because of their color anyway, sure. is such a waste of energy yeah. anyway, but especially when you got other things you should be worried about. When man. everybody is sort of in the right. same economic boat. Right, right. Now, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Chillian Thomas. He's a comedian and Detroiter. Spent part of his childhood, though, living in a trailer park 
in Westland. We are talking to him <laughs> as part of our Detroit Today Summer Book Club, yes, <laughs> uh, where we are reading the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond and talking about housing insecurity issues here in yeah. Southeast Michigan. Uh, in the book, uh, one of the things, one of the themes that emerges uh-huh. is about uh, the difference between poverty as it afflicts African-Americans and mm-hmm. poverty as it afflicts white people in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, several of the people, uh, the African-American people, live in a trailer park mm-hmm. that is uh, populated by whites, and there are real differences in the way uh, that they experience uh, that life in that trailer park. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So it's 313-577-1019. Tell us, did you grow up in poverty here in Metro Detroit or somewhere else? Uh, and did you notice that there were differences uh, between the way African Americans experience poverty and whites experience poverty? Did you Were you aware of that as a child growing up perhaps in a trailer park or uh, another neighborhood where lots of uh, impoverished people live? As always, like I said, the number on the phone is 313-577-1019. Mm-hmm. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Also remember that uh, this evening at 630 uh, at the Dorothy Bush Branch Library in Warren, we are going to be having a live event for our Detroit Today Summer Book Club. We're going to talk about housing insecurity in Warren. In particular, court-ordered evictions are a huge deal Mm. in that community. So you can come out there or you can go to WDET.org. And find out about the other events that we are having as part of the book club. Um, uh, uh, Chilean, I want to ask you about evictions uh, and and whether that was part of the poverty narrative that you saw play out in this trailer park in Westland, where people being put out of. I got put uh, out. Homes. This is talk about eviction. It definitely yeah. happened to me. It happened after my grandmother passed away. It actually. Everything's for a reason, but if we're just talking about straight up getting evicted, yeah, it, it happened. I don't know how you can get kicked out of a, a car, uh, uh, a house that should have wheels on it. I don't know how that's possible. Like, yeah. how, does, how does that even happen? But yeah, Because she owned the trailer, correct? Yeah, she owned the trailer. You know, <clears throat> I it happens. It totally happens. It happens to a lot of people, but I don't, I feel like if you get kicked out of a trailer, I feel that's probably the best case scenario because then where, if you're not landing in a homeless shelter and you land in, like me, I landed in a better situation. I don't know about anybody else, but I think the goal was to get out regardless if someone told you to leave or, or, uh, you have, or, uh, you did it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be serious about it, uh, I to even to be serious about it, I still think it's the best case scenario. It was it to I found that to myself. To like, be put out because in that situation, and it's, it's the same thing that goes with poverty, poverty in, in any kind of neighborhoods. Um, what's around you is kind of what where your mentality, where your mentality, mentality is actually. So you're still thinking like this, and I actually knew at at a, at a certain point I had to go, and I never even went back to that place just because. I don't want to be thinking that way. Yeah. And so just getting out, of, just getting, removing yourself from that kind of situation, regardless if you want to talk like a trailer park that might have that kind of uh, negative connotation or, on it or energy in it or a neighborhood that might have that same energy on it, to change your mentality, man, you really got to get out of that surrounding mm-hmm. so you can start thinking differently. So in some cases, in my, like, 
I think in and a lot of the people I know's cases, it, the first step was actually getting out. Now we can use the word evicted, but I mean that took them outside of that place, mm-hmm. and then now you got to start thinking differently about what what's going to happen to you after this. Mm-hmm. And that also could be that doesn't have to be the end of anything. That could be the start of something. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven. 1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, let's go to Sean in Detroit. Sean, welcome to Detroit today. What's up, Sean? Good morning. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm uh, listening to your guest story, and it's very fascinating. Uh, I, I, I find a lot of very, very uh, close similarities to the, my own personal childhood, with the exception that I was born uh, a, a very uh, poor white kid in Brightmore, mm-hmm. which is almost like a trailer park okay. in Detroit. <laughs> okay. And uh, when I was a child, uh, I moved way up north into the boondocks in a county that had no black people in the entire county. Huh. Mm. And just having any type of experience whatsoever with people of color growing up, I was able to identify, even as a child, the, the ridiculous amount of racism that, wow. that, uh, that's still in this country. Huh. People feel very comfortable talking yeah, because you are white. white kid, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, And uh, I moved back to Brightmore when I was about 11 years old and I've been in Detroit my whole entire life. And so with two different perspectives, one from very, very poor white people up north on a farm and one from very, very poor white people here in the city. Wow. uh, I can confirm that there is still a lot of deeply seated racism in this country. Yeah. (laughs) Sean, Sean, I want to ask you, um, uh, did you, did you feel as though, uh, when you moved up north and there were no black people, that one of the things that was sort of driving the emotions, I guess, uh, of the people there was the need to at least have somebody else who they could look down on. In other words, was it that they they needed to be able to say, well, at least I'm not X, and that that was uh, what, what sort of drove them to hmm. the idea of talking about uh, African Americans that way? Sure. That's exactly the attitude that I saw in many cases. Mm-hmm. The exact quote attitude of LBJ. I don't know if you're familiar with the with the quote um, about keeping people so that there's always the lowest being able to look down upon something lower. Right. Mm-hmm. It perpetuates the mindset of uh, sometimes entitlement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sean, thanks very people much. People oblivious of their own privilege. Right. That's right. interesting. That's a that's a fascinating uh, story. I'm, I'm glad I, you called and shared it. Go ahead. I like to say something that uh, Sean's perspective is actually, man. I've I've heard about that a few times where, like, somebody that could be white that that is just you know very comfortable with color mm-hmm. and grown up around the color. When you go you go to a different area, just be you become a different kind of portal because you. They're looking at you in a right. certain way, and you don't feel that way, and that actually gets a lot put on you, uh-huh. right? So him having to go up up north or whatever, people are looking at his skin color and are are, are, are assuming that, okay, you're in the same kind of mind state that we are in, right. and now they're putting all of this stuff on him. On him. On him, and he's that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's real yeah. crazy to me. Respect no, to you, really Sean. that's really interesting. Right, Maury, okay. Uh, let's go to Lenny in Detroit. <laughs> Lenny, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Great, great. Hey, what's um, up, brother? I had got lost in the same situation at the, um, I forgot the visitor's name. Chilly. And, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, to meet you. And so I was adopted by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And so she was, uh, I could say, poor. 
So she had that move to Taylor on the um, Section 8 voucher. Okay. And yeah. so that was the first time I was in a white community. You wow. understand? Uh-huh. And so when I was watching to the white community and I had kind of adjusted myself and as I got older, then around white people, it had helped me in the white industry. Now I'm a truck driver and it's, it's like I work with a vast a vast, it's like sometimes I might be the only black person mm-hmm. on the job, mm-hmm. but I'm well accepted because I know how to, because you have to, you have to conduct yourself a whole different oh, way. Oh, man, And preach. if you go into a whole, if you come to the neighborhood, wow. you understand? <laughs> and, then, and then I was subjected because I wasn't raised just on the, I was raised in Tennessee and I was mm. raised in Grand Rapids, so I was, I was kind of, um, I, I was around many people, so I had a different yes, sir. aspect of life. Yeah. And so when I came into the hood community, then I wasn't accepted there either. Wow. So, wow. so it, 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 it get, it get, it get. My brother, I, yeah. I don't have the words for it. Oh, right my now. brother, wow, Lenny, thanks very much for mm. the call and. Uh, uh, and the comments, uh, did you feel some of that same I tension? hate to say it, actually. I hate to say it, man, but I did. Actually, he said a lot of truth there and uh, some stuff that actually needs to be said. So <clears throat> growing up, living in Detroit, especially uh, coming from my perspective, because I was born and raised in Detroit to a certain point, and mm-hmm. then I had to go out there and figure out this is where I was kind of going into what it meant to almost – Huh, black people hate to be called likable or anything of this nature because where that stands from is that we have to try to make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. to our blackness in a certain case. We're like, we understand um, a certain thing about ourselves. So what starts to happen is you start to try to figure out how you can be accepted in this community that you're growing up in. And there's benefits to it, though. This is what he was talking about. The benefits to this is this man could go to these other places and speak that language, yeah. uh, walk that kind of way that right. gets accepted. That's going to help. switching. Yeah, yeah. Code, okay, right. Yeah. Um, but then going back to the neighborhood in our own community, that might be a little different sometimes. <laughs> and that actually the same thing happened to me um, when I – when I started to go, okay, I want to go, I want to reacclimate myself. Cause I mean, even I still have a house in Detroit, the same house yeah. that I grew up in Detroit, we still have. Wow. So um, I've been working on this house and building it up and the community is really important to me or whatnot. And as a child, once, once I got out of that trailer park, I did have, it was a journey to try to get reacclimated back into my back own community. Into the community. And it's, it, wow. it, it is, it is something else, man, because okay. it's like, we, 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 and you know, you want to know what it really is? I think it's our own insecurity. Sure. Right? Because I, I think that black people, we, there, there's, black, to be black isn't one thing, man. Right. You know, it's of not course. to speak one way or to act one way, but it is how you feel about yourself when you're walking into these situations. That's right. And we can smell that. Yeah. We can always smell if you're comfortable with us or if you're not. Right. And that's what that is. It's yeah. how we are. It's how you react. That's how you, it's actually our own reaction. I was self conscious mm. about, being in um in 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 around all black people and that is actually what was the uh 
the the the, the mess up in the frequency, hmm. right? It was how I was acting. It yeah. wasn't that like I had this different perspective or I was walking this way or talking this way. It was more of how comfortable I actually felt when I was in the room, and that took me a moment to uh, realize. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting what he wow. said. Mm-hmm. All right, Chilean Thomas. Comedian, Detroiter, spent part of his childhood living in a trailer park yeah. in Westland. <laughs> <laughs> I love that description. Uh, thanks very much for being this yes, a fascinating sir. conversation. Yeah. What a wonderful story. Very interesting. Yeah, and uh, to all the kids out there, don't let one day you're in a trailer park, next day you're on a radio show. It can happen <laughs> yeah, right. to you too. That's right. Dreams you can come make true. It. That's right. <laughs> Okay, up next, it's Monday, so we're going to pick apart the latest in the news with someone who does not see the world quite the same way I do. Today, political consultant Brandon Bryce is here. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.